Hey, everybody. Hopefully everyone's having a wonderful Saturday. This is episode two of the Between Two Divs podcast with your boy Cam. I really appreciate all the love I got last week. I honestly did not expect so many people to listen to the podcast. Like I thought maybe you got 10 people, maybe at most 20, but I had over 100 people listen to the podcast so far. I was a little nervous. I was like, I don't know. Like I, I kind of said like a lot. And I even think this week I'll probably say like a lot too. But I don't really care. I just want to give y'all quality content. I want to give y'all a lot of gems, a lot of good guests that I think that y'all get a lot of value from. And this week is no different. This week I got my man Jabril Suleiman in the house. So without further ado, Jabril, what's up? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, Cam. Yeah, so First things first, you know, tell people more about inclusion, the story behind that. Oh, wow, man. You know, inclusion started from a passion of me in particular trying to solve a problem in economic empowerment, right? I mean, that's just at its simplest form. As a small business owner, as a tech startup founder, as someone who served on his hometown's uh, board for, uh, at the African-American Chamber of Commerce, just from being, I would say, a part-time activist and being involved in social justice issues. A lot of things, power comes from economics. And so that word economic empowerment, I mean, it is, it's a very, it's an influential word in my life. Even trying to, you know, pulling yourself up from the bootstraps and, and building something of your own, it's everyone can attain certain levels of economic empowerment and technology nowadays it makes it a lot easier to do it, especially in small cities and towns where it normally you, won't, you wouldn't normally see that at. And that's been my life in many instances. Awesome. I know I didn't get into the question of what inclusion was, but <laughs> that's yeah, the it, of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. I know I'm a part of like a boot camp. Like I teach students and stuff every day. I go to a Lambda school and I always tell my students that we're so early in tech and there's like a group that I'm a part of. It's like solid code. And like, it's a bunch of brothers and sisters that like, they all try to help each other out and they're all trying to get in the industry. You know, as boot camp grabs, it's, I think a lot of times there's a lot of imposter syndrome and I think they get discouraged that there really isn't a lot of resources, a lot of people out there that are trying to help them get those jobs because, you know, there's a lot of underrepresented groups out there in tech and, I feel your platform, what you're doing and, and like your goals and what you're trying to do to help more brothers and sisters out, I think is real dope. And my question to you is, did you ever see yourself in this position today, you know, when you first started? Can you kind of share more about like your humble beginnings and stuff? Oh, man, it's been it's been a process, right? It's been a process, you know, before, like I was telling you before, you know, the show started. I've always been uh, inquisitive. I've been that person that has taken my toys apart. You know, I have those as an entrepreneur. I have those stories of selling candy and candy in high school. I remember my dad is two. It was two of us, my, my brother and I, my younger brother and I. He bought us a goat cart. Well, he bought two goat carts. One had a running engine and worked and the other one. It was just a frame and it was all rusty and messed up and everything. And I remember taking that frame and, you know, getting some WD-40, going to the store, getting my a few dollars, getting the WD-40 and cleaning it up. Shopper, the thrifty nickel, one of the little classified papers at like 12 or 13 years old. And, and some grown white dude came 
to the house and he, I negotiated with him and I sold it. And, you know, I did, I sold a few bikes like that and a few other things as well. And so I've always been that person, you know, my, my dad, he's been a great example of, of an entrepreneur, even in the, in the hats and t-shirt, t-shirt business and, and landscaping and everything. And so, you know, I took that, moved into wireless business, opened up a few wireless stores for about 10 years. And from there, with the problem that existed in being able to accept payments from my prepaid wireless customers, I ended up in the tech industry as a, as a startup founder. I grew the company, didn't know the things that I needed to know about coding at the time. It was hacking it, but, you know, the money was coming in and I was able to spend a lot of money on trial and error and figuring it out and hiring developers to work on the system, you know, and from there, that really led to a situation where I was able to work on other things. So I started working on a a platform called Spin With at the time, and it was more of a cultural shopping platform that highlighted businesses from, you know, women-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses, Black-owned businesses, and so forth. But I was, it was around providing some type of economic empowerment or economic development for physical businesses. But when I look back on what I was doing with PaySale at, at the time, I was really more of a transactional entrepreneur. So it, it was around transactions, virtual transactions. At that time, it was payments. And so I, I was trying to kind of figure out how can I pivot spin with into something that captured virtual activity. And then, but it provided that still economic empowerment for the person who was providing that service. So and that's when I really started kind of looking back on the fact that I had already been doing that and providing economic empowerment for the people who I was hiring through the other freelance platform that I was using. So how could I do that for especially minority people, underrepresented uh, talent that's out there, especially in the United States? And so that's when it kind of came together on I should launch inclusion and pivot to inclusion. And that's what I did in 2018 with, with launching the platform. That's awesome. It kind of goes full circle to kind of like the first question I asked. So that, that's cool. What would you say? Because I know you didn't really start working on tech and stuff like that. What would you say someone that maybe is a developer or something? What, what advice would you give them if they're trying to eventually own their own business and start a startup? My main answer that I give to anybody on starting a business is have some type of expertise or practical experience, I should say, in running part of that business, some part of it. So if you launch a restaurant, you had better than be, better than well have at least worked as the manager of a restaurant before you try to launch your own restaurant, right? And, and that's important in having that success or have the money or the story and influence to be able to bring in the people who can support you that are smarter than you are in that particular industry. So, you know, you have people that do that all the time. They'll start a, uh, they'll start a, a business and they'll install a CEO in that, to that business. And it's not the original founder of that business. So it happens all the time. So you need to have, either have that knowledge or those resources in order to have the right person there, or you better be the right person yourself. So, and then also you just have to have that work ethic. I mean, you have to, it has to be, a drug and being able to make sure that whatever you're doing is successful and that you're successful at it. So those would be the things that I would say that you would need. And so boy, I can relate to you as far as the boot camp experience. I was in a boot camp as well uh, in 2017 myself, even though I had been in tech for so many years 
and picked up some things here and there. I went through a boot camp. My wife, she's um, right now on Udemy right now going through a Colt Steele's boot camp class. And, and then she's going to go to one of the, uh, the boot camps as well, actually get in enrolled. So I understand this whole process and people bringing in a skill and then wanting to apply that skill, of course. So that's one of the things that we want to do with inclusion is that a lot of times there's a transition period when you grasp and when you learn a new skill and then from being able to build that skill, you could do it for free. But in many instances, you should have the opportunity to work side jobs, building up that skill. And so either through the pro- either through projects or through actual, you know, short term contract jobs, you should be able to do that. And we want to highlight the people that are out there that we feel as though has been underrepresented in so many ways in the job market already. We want to be able to represent them and highlight them in this new flexible future of work that's happening right now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know I, I get this question a lot or I see this question a lot. If you don't have any like projects in your portfolio, do you recommend someone working for a small amount of money or do you recommend them working for free to build their portfolio up? Like what? What's your take on that? Definitely. Everything starting off is a grind. I mean, no matter what it is, I mean, you could be out there just cutting grass. <laughs> You're going to have to cut some nice lungs and have a nice presentation and take some pictures of it so that you can get the bigger jobs, right? So, you know, that's just the fundamental around landscaping just because I grew up around that with my dad and all. But I mean, it's, it's the same thing applies to any type of work. That's the same thing that I'm telling my wife right now. You know, she's been coding and she's been on there. And I'm like, well, put yourself Mm -hmm. out there. Hashtag, tweet hashtag women who code in 100 days of code. And even if you're not doing full applications every day, tweet about the fact that you are out there, you on the new concepts, concepts that you're working on, the new things that you're learning. So even if you're not doing projects for free for other people, Make sure that you're doing projects for yourself. Make sure you're learning. Make sure that you're putting out there to the public that you are learning new concepts and you're growing. Because to be able to get a job out here, you know, it's getting a job is always about relationships. Very few often do you apply to a job, someone looks at the application, they bring you in for an interview, and then they hire you. It's going to either come through nowadays, it's going to come through some type of social media activity. It's going to come through some, some type of network or relationship. Or it's going to come through just the publicity of just really putting yourself out there and getting noticed. A recruiter in many instances also, right? So that's always important in doing that. And then having those free jobs, grinding it out also. Yeah, that's an interesting take because I know like, I always hear like a debate going about like, but I would never work for free, this, that, whatever. And like you said, just having yourself out there and like being people, you never know who that person is that's watching your stuff. Like whether that is on YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. I know like I do YouTube videos and I'm always surprised when I get like five or six people hit me up and was like, Cam, I saw your Lambda video. You inspired me to get in. And at the time I was like, man, I wish they would have like an affiliate program or something because I could have made bank with all the people that signed up seeing my story and stuff, you know? Right. But yeah, it's just interesting. Like the internet is like the, I feel like right now it's like the wild, wild west. As long as you're out there and 
I'm sure, you know, your wife's a luck, real lucky person. And I'm sure you feel the same way about her. Y'all are able to like give each other like encouragement and feedback, advice and, and all that stuff because like it's hard doing it alone. Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to work on that with my son too. He actually, you know, he's 18. He just graduated high school. And he elected, I'm a little disappointed on it, but I respect him on his opinion, on, on his belief that, you know, he didn't want to take on the debt from college. He elected to go to coding boot camp instead, you know. So okay. I'm, I'm definitely supportive of him in doing that. So, and, and so I want to work with him too. So yeah, this, this whole boot camp lifestyle. <laughs> so from me to my son, to my, to my wife, it is important that there is a streamlined way that people can, you know, especially black people in this case, my family, my black family can be able to get jobs and get work. And so this solution that I'm providing, the problem that I'm solving basically is the fact that there's an ongoing issue with companies not being able to access white collar, diverse white collar talent, right? And now that the world is becoming more flexible, Professionals want some type of flexible work-life balance, and companies are now hiring more freelancers than contractors than they are full-time employees. Like, who's out there being the proponent on the in regards to flexible work? And no one is. You know, you have staffing companies that are out there that are diversity-focused, but then you don't have any staffing companies and freelancing platforms that are diversity-focused. You don't have any gig platforms out there that are diversity focused. So we're kind of first to the punch in regards to that. There are there are two platforms out there that focus on specifically women. And so, you know, I don't want to take anything away from that, but at the same time, they're not, we need to focus on more demographics than than just women. We have our black and Latino men and women that are out there also that are being disenfranchised from the tech work that, that's available. So we need to make that connection and that's what inclusion is doing. Yeah, that, that's amazing. It's just like salute to whatever, to all your endeavors for sure. I really feel like when people like help others, like what you're doing, I feel like you'll get many times over what you put into this as opposed to someone that maybe does a business, say a Facebook or something. And it's not really to help others. It's more to kind of make their pockets bigger and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. We, you know, we just jumped, we just finished this, the Acumen Future of Work Accelerator. So I just, you know, got back from New York a couple of days ago. And one of the things that this past week, this session that we had, we had was, uh, was focused on making sure that I could articulate the social impact nature of what we're doing. Right. And so I already had these social impact kind of one-liners in there. But the main thing that I'm focusing on now is that, look, for every dollar of revenue that we generate as a company, the talent that's on our platform would generate $5 of earnings back to them. And that is, so our model, revenue model, is contingent on providing economic empowerment to the candidates that are in our pipeline. So, I mean, that's powerful. That's powerful. And, and you know, but that's, I needed to learn how to articulate that. And I'm glad I'm grateful for this program and helping me to do that along with many other things as well. Yeah. Like I said, you've been awesome. Like I'm glad that you kind of shared your story. Like I will definitely be sharing your company and what you do to like all the channels I'm a part of, especially ones that are have minorities in it, because I feel like it's very important for them to be aware of that. And I think that the problem is sometimes like this platforms out there, but since there's so much of those platforms are, you know, 
platforms for like, you know, white folks or, you know, people that aren't minorities, it gets overshadowed. So the ones like what you have, it doesn't really get to the forefront as much unless you're, you know, out there paying a lot of money for advertising and stuff. So I will definitely be doing that. And I appreciate you taking the time of your busy schedule to uh, do this chat with me because it's been real insightful. And I'm sure that there'll be people that will be inspired and will like take action on some of the advice that you have given. Cam, I appreciate the opportunity, man, uh, to be able to talk to you. Definitely. Anyone that, you know, has any questions or want to reach out to Jabril, like what's your social that so people can reach out to you? I am at that dude Jabril on everything. So D-A-T-D-U-D-E-J-I-B-R-I-L. And then also it's uh, JabrilSuleman.com, J-I-B-R-I-L-S-U-L-A-I-M-A-N.com. That'll take you to my Calendly link if you want to set up a, a time that's talk or whatever so and also just please check out inclusion it is inclusion i-n-c-l-u-z-i-o-n dot c-o so inclusion.co or inclusion.com also awesome so yeah appreciate everybody tuning in for this episode episode number two of the between two divs podcast you know this is a great talk and tune in for next week we're gonna have another great guest and i'm sure y'all love it peace